Did you just type? Yeah. That's pretty cool. I don't have to be on the chat screen to see a message. I could just be on the actual contact screen and it just pops up. Yo, Rockets offer four future first round draft picks for Jimmy Butler. What are these sound excerpts? That's from our chat. Kirby just sent a message. I was listening to it. I, I put the video in our chat. Okay. That's pretty cool. Like, I like that because I'm on this screen a lot and you don't have to be tuned into. Oh, him and his Instagram. I hate when he tags us on Instagram. <laughs> I just don't like how Instagram doesn't notify me. It's I just have so it. much work. It is. It really is. Okay, yeah. So, mine doesn't do that, so maybe that was one of the updates today. Yeah, I guess so. I like the whole the whole idea of him tagging us in something is that you don't have to mention it to somebody. They just go and look at it. But... He has to do all the work. He <laughs> he has to tag you in it. Then yeah. he has to then he has to say, "Hey, I tagged you in something." And then he has to remind you to go look at it again. Yeah. It's like such a huge process. <laughs> it really is. He gets so mad. It's like, "Oh no, wait, I haven't looked at it yet." Oh, come on. <laughs> and then you purposely forget. And then, and then later on, he's like, "You look at that link yet? No, 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 I haven't got to it yet." Oh, come on! You guys are such idiots. That's so true. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know why I don't get like when he tags us. I don't get anything telling me, "Oh, you've been tagged," you know, whatever. I don't get notifications, and I have it set, you know, to get notifications, the banner notification. And nothing comes through, so I always have to check Instagram on my own. And it's such a pain. Yep. <clears throat> so, so Jason, Australia coming up. World Championships. The Worlds. The eight-scale Nitro Worlds. Yeah, I think this is probably uh, one of the big three. I think there's uh, three world championships that I view that uh, are difference makers in one-eight scale nitro buggies, one of them, 10 scale off-roads, the other, and then touring car. And even the touring car one this year was kind of a joke. So, uh, Really? Yeah. Is this the one I was watching on uh, Live RC yesterday? I, no, no, that's the 200 millimeter touring car worlds. Oh my god! Which to me that that's the nitro two two hundred. Oh, that's right. That's right, nitro. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a believer in that one either. You're not. Not at all. Now, now is this one in Florida? It is in Miami, I think. Oh okay. They've had so many worlds down there for on road. I <laughs> I've never been to any of them. Wow. But they're all like nitro. I see our uh, good friend Paula Muse there. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Guys like Ralph Birch is still racing. I was like, wow. I know that guy's been to so many races and worlds. It's insane. I wonder if uh, Howard's there. No, that's not really his gig. 
Because that's, uh, yeah, he runs, he would run, uh, you know, electric touring car, but these are nitro touring cars, so. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not a fan of that class. I wonder how many entries they got. I want to say it was pretty decent, like 130-something. Because a lot of these worlds, they limit to 150, but it was okay. I mean, that's not bad. I wouldn't be surprised if that's, you know, that represents, you know, a third of the entire population of those cars, but. Yeah, a lot of names I couldn't even pronounce there, but then um, I saw Ralph Birch, and then I saw Paul Lemieux. Yeah, there's this guy with some muscles that TQs all the time. <laughs> with some muscles? Like, muscles. He's like, all the all his photos, like, he's always flexing, like, and he's like, he's got like this tattoo on his arm, and just looks like a badass. He doesn't look like an RC racer at all. He looks like... I was going to say, uh, that's way off the norm yeah he's like kind of cut chiseled he's got like this tattoo on his arm just like just mm. giving us all all the rest of us a bad name yeah, he sure is cut it out dude probably has all kinds of girlfriends and wives and yeah say some for us dude no kidding <laughs> say some for us <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think he tq'd three rounds so i think he's the overall tqs far as wow yeah he's awesome dario bellestre i think is his name yeah can't pronounce those names wait till i show you send you this photo i wonder if ralph ralph birch is running a hyperdrive uh, i don't know i mean i don't even know what those guys run well poly music x-ray we think so yeah they got the worlds going on down there in miami and this guy i think is tq dario what did i say balistrelli best Bastelli. nayato matsakura does really well in this too balistre balistre dario balistre that's probably it. Nayato has uh, done pretty well. So, yeah, we got some good stuff going. I know... Um, oh, jeez. I hate getting caught on these news sites and you look at these releases they put up. Our good friend uh, Mike Garrison's calling that race. Is he? Yep. Who's our good friend over in Australia? Oh, oh, we got a, we got a few. Oh, One of them's Ben Panic. Ben Panic. So Jason, I was looking up um, Australia inter- interesting facts on Australia. Okay. So I think I'll throw some. Throw some out randomly through the show. Okay. Do we got one to start? I like this one. Australia's Australia's first police force was made up of most well-behaved convicts. How crazy is that? 
It's like, well, you're well-behaved. You're a cop now. Well, that's interesting. Australia, here you go, has the highest electricity prices in the world. Damn. Well, it takes a lot more to get it down there. Yeah, that's true. Across a lot of oceans and mountains and stuff like that. <clears throat> Lots. <laughs> I guess we get to find out if the the toilet swirls backwards, huh? Isn't that the place you go to where it supposedly goes backwards? Can we talk about this? Uh, I think we did. Or Or does it go... Yeah, it goes the opposite direction. So it would go counterclockwise. Hmm. A kangaroo is only one centimeter long when it is born. That's tiny. God damn. What's the conversion on that? Centimeters to inches? Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure Kirby knows this. It's above my education level. All right, don't forget this. Uh, don't forget this one here, Jason. When you're over there in Australia, it is illegal to walk on the right-hand side of a footpath. What? It's illegal. So it's <clears throat> stand right, walk left. Something like that. Maybe they'll cut us some slack. Maybe. But you don't want to get stuck over there, Jason. I don't. On some stupid uh, rule, uh, you know. Uh, some kind of rule, you know. Rule like that. Uh, so how, how big was it? Two centimeters? Uh, I said one here, I believe. Yep, one. That's uh, that's point thirty nine of an inch. Forty thousandths, roughly. That's hmm. small. That's a small. That's a small kangaroo. Kangaroo. Mr. K- Mr. Kangaroo. I hope I see Crocodile Dundee. Oh, yeah. That's not a knife. This I haven't seen that movie knife. since it came out. This is a knife. Remember how huge that was? Yep. That was, like, so big. Mick Dundee. i got to brush up on my accent a little bit. Interesting fact number 76. An Australian man once tried to sell New Zealand on eBay. Whatever. Those Australians are crazy. Ben Panic, you're nuts. Like, just, yeah. You can... who's, the other, who's the other dude over there that's a fan of the show? Forget all these names. We got a few. Um, I got to remember. I'm trying to remember the other guy's name. Uh, they, they they really hate when we talk sports because they can care less about any of your sports. Any anything over here? <laughs> yeah, I mean I can see that. Per capita, Australians spend more money on gambling than any other nation. Really? Gamblers, <clears throat> addicts. Oh, wow, there's a place over there called Tasmania. <laughs> That's where that devil's from. Yeah. Each week, 70 tourists overstay their visas. <clears throat> I, I thought it was overstayed their welcome. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably more like 
That's gonna get be, out of here. That's gonna be the RC guys. All right, <laughs> yeah. you've overstayed your welcome. You leave now. Get out of here. You leave now, mate. <laughs> Tom, Thomas, Thomas said when they were over there that uh, when they talked to they were talking to David Ronafalk after every one of his runs, they would say, "What do you reckon, David?" Heavy favorite, David Ronafalk. Is he getting a lot of votes? Yeah, sure yeah. is. I can see that. Is this uh, this is not your first trip over there, correct? I mean, it is. I've never, I've never been there before. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't into racing when they had the '89 Worlds there. Oh wow! I'll, yeah, although I would have loved to experience that. Yeah. That's where Cliff Lett went around the track with the wheelbarrow and the camera mounted on it. <laughs> that was in car action. I don't think that actually happened, to be honest. I believe it. Why would car action lie? That's true. Uh, one of the two best issues of car action of all time. Oh, really? What, mm-hmm. what did you like... Did the coverage of the just yeah the coverage at that yeah. at that time was just awesome uh man mm-hmm. i loved what reading that one and and then detroit the 91 worlds in detroit to me those were two of the best if not the best and then i like 93s also because they did a insert of the world so it was like you know a car action magazine then they had an insert just for the world Oh, yeah. I don't remember that one. That was pretty cool because it was pages of the world. So I love that stuff. Now it's just totally different, but uh, yeah. What was I looking up here? Yeah, 93 was in... Uh, where was that at? That was... Uh, Baz- Basled in England. Yeah, yeah. That was a cool one, too. I actually thought about... Because uh, I can't find my magazine, so I thought about getting that one off eBay. And... Um, I think it's pretty expensive. This guy's uh, asking a lot of money for these old car actions. I wish I still had all of mine. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any of mine either. That's crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So let's see here. You know, if you go to car action, they actually have their they have books with every issue in there. Wow. I like what the time I visited car action, I went straight. I went there telling me, they're like, yeah, yeah, we got these over here, and, you know, it has all the issues, and I'm like, I go straight to my favorite ones. I'm just like, hey, let me look at the 89 Worlds in Australia, the 91 Worlds, and then uh, I want to see the <laughs> Clodbuster monster truck shootout, and I'm like, those yeah. are the best issues, and, you know, they're kind right. of looking at me like, what? But, but you're right on that, man. I know. Oh, this was an awesome uh, car action book, too. This was strictly just, you know how they did the special series of magazines, like the Off-Road? Yeah. They did an RC car car action Off-Road from 1990. It was 186 pages of nothing but Off-Road. Damn. Track reports, car reviews. I remember looking. At I don't that. think a B six even makes it in car action anymore. Like it's like not e- like the segments like not hardly even reviewed. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I was looking through a car action at the grocery store, and it was just like a leaflet. It was. Uh, 
man, 66 pages. Sad. Yeah, this one here, this off-road edition, I remember reading this uh, front to back multiple times during school. <laughs> oh, during school, huh? So they had the RC-10 <clears throat> Graphite in here review. They had the eight, um, AYK Pro Radiant. Mm-hmm. They had the JRX-2. You know, he would be an awesome guest for the show. Um, one of the Dunn brothers. Actually, either both. I mean, you could get either, but... Um, Mike or Steve Dunn. Uh, it'd be pretty awesome. They Maybe when you come back from the world, you can work on that. Oh, okay. They're not going to respond to me. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty cool. That one's only 12 bucks on eBay. Really? Yeah. Get two. Here it is. I found it. 1990 Australia Worlds. That's a good one. The picture of Roger Curtis holding the car, the stealth car up from a distance. Um, 25 bucks. That's a, that's a cool photo. Uh, let's see. Look at this. This is. I thought this was. Yeah, this is really cool. Cliff Letts doing tires. He's like. Or no, he's he's behind a stack of tires. Yeah, that's the caption. Cliff let um, something like Cliff let Peer, peers peers, yep, peers out from behind, behind a pile <laughs> of coveted Yokomo TR thirty one two point two tires. TR thirty one tires with oversized rims. Mm-hmm. And a cool photo of Pops Losi sitting down with Jay Halsey. Jammer. I don't need these points to line up. Hot chick, hot bikini chick here. Really? Yeah. It's the story of that. I wonder what she looks like now. Hmm. That's probably a good question. Yeah, interesting. Cool. Doesn't our good friend Chili Duncan work there? He does. Can't he just rob us a few of these? Don't they have copies of these, multiple copies still? Or is it all digital? I have no idea. Chili, if you can find me that, 1990 and 1993. <laughs> uh, I guess you can even go back to when Joel won the Worlds, too. All right, Chili, hook us up. Even if you have to hook me up digital, I'll take that just so I can browse through this stuff. All right, back to my Australia stuff. Oh, okay. Oh, somebody's coming in. It's Michael Myers. Which I did go see over uh, the weekend. You went and saw him? Saw a movie? Yeah. You rolling, sir? Okay. No, can you talk or not? Uh, not yet. Okay. Make sure you're punched out, sir. <laughs> Don't be hanging out here on my time. That's right. <sighs> Man, why don't my leaf springs line up? What are you trying to do? 
I got an assembly going right now on my with some RC stuff, just designs I'm working on, and having a little problem with my leaf springs. I'll have to send you a video about springs. Okay. Uh, you've watched. I think I've asked this. You, you watched Mystery Science Theater three thousand. You, you've seen it or heard of it? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. They did a cool short on on springs. It's really funny. So it's just about springs. Yeah. So this coming Saturday, I am going to Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, which is about uh, forty five minutes from me. I'm going to the FM Kirby Center, in case any listeners out there know what I'm talking about. Okay. And I'm going to see Mystery Science Theater 3000 live. Wow. Yeah. That was a gift from my girlfriend, Carrie. That's actually a really good gift. It's a damn good gift. I'm excited. I'll have to give her some mega props for uh, just knowing how to get those gifts. She does. How does me all the time. You're like, oh, how about we just go to Olive Garden? That'll be my gift. (laughs) Olive Garden? Jeez, that's a little expensive. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not hard to top me. So top that. So I'm really excited about that. It should be a lot of fun. So when when are you leaving for this uh, race? Monday evening. Monday evening. Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys are getting there. First of all, you're gonna miss Halloween, Jason. Jeez. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it says it's it on the tickets. It says plus two days. <laughs> plus two days. That's what it says. So you take off whatever date that you're that you take off, and then it says your arrival time plus two days. <laughs> what? It's crazy. You guess all that time zone stuff? It takes forever. I mean, it, it takes forever plus, you know, time zone differences, but just, yeah, it's it's pretty incredible how... I haven't even really started mentally. Well, I think I'm mentally ready. So, um... When's all the drivers start showing up for this thing? Same time? Same time, yeah. I think yeah, I think David Ronafolk told me he was going to leave on Sunday night, but you know. So he'll be his trip is obviously different than ours, but you know, we'll we'll be there. We'll be yeah. there. And we're we're doing a we're Doing one of the Airbnbs, or like renting like a little, I don't know, apartment or I don't know what oh. it is, but Airbnb setup. Yeah. Okay. Kind of cool. Yeah. Interesting. Seem to be the most. Um, it, it seems to be a popular pick with the racers this time around. Just seems to be like. 
the popular thing to do too because just being there uh, for so long it seems like that's the it's been like the hot thing better than a hotel yeah now is it going to be close to the track yeah I think it is I think it's actually uh, pretty close I think we're I think we're also close to where Associated staying I think they've also uh, chose an Airbnb to stay at also kind of cool yeah man the poor people renting that out to you guys ugh yeah, I mean we're too old by now. We're not gonna we're not gonna cause any damage, but So this question came in from Charlie Mack. Do the fastest drivers in the world really need five days of practice? No. Nope. So why is there five days of practice? You know, they one of the reasons they had this uh this practice setup was in 2014. We had the Worlds in Italy for Nitro, and they decided not to have a warm-up race. And they said, "Okay, well, we'll do instead of instead of a warm-up, we'll just give you more practice ahead of time for the event." And the racers, you know, it's not like the racers have a whole lot of say in what's going on with Ifmar, but. Um, So when all said and done, we went over there to Italy. Uh, we had the extra practice. It's, it's exactly the same schedule. Hmm. And we had the extra practice. Nobody had been on the track before. Well, a lot of the Americans and European drivers, they hadn't really ran there before. But it was too long then. Like, we never did a warm-up, and we went there, and we had all that practice, man. It was kind of exhausting from the standpoint of you know kind of having to live through the ups and downs yeah on a day-to-day basis you know depending on which which driver you know whoever's feeling the best that day of course everyone you know they're in a great mood and and uh, there's no issues but you know, inevitably, there's a couple guys struggling and not feeling good about their day, and it carries over into everything and dinner, and um, so you just have to live those ups and downs, and makes it just makes for a really long event because really you're only practicing, but everybody wants to have good days, right? You you want to you want to end on a high note or have feel like you have a legitimate chance or you're some people get their feelings hurt on you know uh, one one day or another, and all of a sudden you know it's not as magical, and then you have to you know. So there's a lot of that at races like this. It just extends it even longer. <clears throat> so having that that really long format, really long day. makes it rough yeah so they don't we don't we could do the race in four days 
and I think this was another question from JQ or an observation or something, a question he put on somewhere. But, yeah, we could do the race in four days, one day of practice, two days of qualifying, and the main events, done. Yeah. Um, and I think most people would be more than happy with that setup and arrangement. But for some reason, everybody, you know, Ifmar and the, the powers that be or however you want to say it, that's not that's not what they want. They, the boys on the board. Yep, they want to have this longer event. And man, it's it's kind of annoying. Hmm. Okay. So I'm trying not to, you know, get too involved in that. Just go over there and, you know, do do what you can do. Well, you don't want to piss off the boys on the board. Nope. There are more kangaroos than people in Australia. Hmm. There's 50 million of them. 50 million kangaroos. Yep. Huh? <clears throat> I wouldn't have expected that. I want to see you box one. You want me to box one? Yeah, I want you to. Those things are one. way too tough, man. Yeah, man. I'd have a better chance against Mike Tyson in the 80s oh. than that kangaroo. <laughs> I believe in you, Jason. You could do it. And it'd be a whole lot more profitable. <laughs> Have somebody record it, please. Would you fight one of those guys for the kind of money that they ask or that they get? I think that's kind of an age-old question, right? Yeah. Would you that fight uh, Mayweather or... Um, Boy, you, I don't know. Or, what, or what's their name? Um, McGregor, right? Mayfield, Mayweather, <laughs> Mayweather and McGregor. Sorry. Would you, you fight? It. Would you fight either one of those guys for the payout? Man, if they promise not to kill me. Yeah, but that's not part of the deal. Because man, you take a hit from some of those guys, that something bad can happen. Yeah, I mean that's part of the risk. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess if you're talking that kind of money, I guess I would try it. I don't know. Damn, that's scary. I think it would sound like a great idea, and it would sound... And I think most people would probably consider and agree to it until you got right down to it. I think... That's when some of the things would start to set in. That'd be scary as hell. Yeah, when you actually had to start going out to the ring, oh, and, God. It, and it was publicized, and <laughs> you know, I think that's when things would start to change a little bit. Sure, everyone's a badass, you know, sitting behind their keyboard, right? Yeah. And oh yeah, I'd do that. You know, hundred million for that. <laughs> but you know, the question is. If if he does throw a punch... That could kill you. I suppose. Or if he throws a punch, are you just thinking, I'm just kind of taking a dive? As soon as this thing makes any contact, I'm just going down and I'm getting my yeah. 100 million? I think that's what I'd, most people would say. I'd curl up in the fetal position. <laughs> the, the better question is, could you last two minutes? No. That would be God, the question. No. 
That would be the longest two minutes of your life, right? Oh my god, yeah. Well, I wouldn't last. It wouldn't wouldn't even go two minutes. I would never be able to survive it. There's no way. Wish Carrie was around to ask if we if you would last two minutes. <laughs> it seems like it would be a good question, right? Well, yeah, you would have to definitely uh, mention the topic first. <laughs> Let's get into some of these questions. All right, go ahead. <laughs> you're the you're the question reader. Nah, you can read them too. You know, I'm over here browsing stuff about Australia. All right, let me scoot over to here. Oh wow, there's a lot of questions here or predictions too. So on our Facebook page, we're running a contest: predict the winner, mm-hmm. and then all the correct answers will be thrown together, and we'll um, select a winner from that. On episode 183, when Jason returns from the worlds. That's right. And you can win an autographed Jason Rona 8-scale body. Now, which, um, this is the, um, you use this at what race? It's only been run once. This is when you ran the uh, electric. Yeah, I ran my e-buggy before the Roar Nationals just to do some testing. And, yeah, it has one race on it. Hey, wait, you got custom rip stickers. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, look at that. Nice. Available at stickit1.com. And if anybody can message me and uh, I need to find uh, Stick It One, do they still make the hats? Because um, I'm not seeing it anywhere. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Oh, so you're thinking they eliminated your hat? Yeah, I think they. I don't think they make the hats anymore. They're like but this. if they do, please message me and tell me, fans, and uh, I'd like to order another hat. You too can get a radio impound hat. Go to stickit1racing.com if they still have them. If the price is right. Get the RIP logo. Get the JC logo on there. Get your name on the back of the hat. What was your favorite show to watch um, when you skipped school? I guess the first question is, did you actually skip school? No, because I had perfect attendance uh, from junior high to senior high. Holy cow. You're one of those guys. Uh, Twelfth grade, I missed. Ooh, that must have been kind of tough, huh? Yeah, well, they, they, um, at the time, they switched. They used to just hand out perfect attendance awards and stuff like that. You know, they just handed them out to you. Well, then 11th grade or 12th grade, they switched to like you had to go up on stage and get them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's not happening. Plus, it's my senior year and you get that. You know, everybody skips school here and there. So I skipped a lot of school hmm. senior year. Yeah, I didn't want to go up front. I didn't want to go on stage. I was shy. I don't, I don't blame you, man. And, uh, but yeah, perfect attendance, junior, senior high. Good job. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. That's amazing. And then my favorite show would be, you know, adult material on the satellite. Oh. But you don't watch any, like, game shows? Hmm. I loved watching the game shows. Watch like Prices Right stuff. Yeah, Prices Right was good because they had a lot of hot chicks on there. 
Damn. I mean, they were. I mean, you were like, wow. Did you ever watch The Price is Right from the 50s? No. Like, they, they gave away houses, like, you know, from Sears. Like, uh, the, the fucking house. I'll have to link you on YouTube. I'm sure they're on YouTube. but uh, The YouTubes. On the YouTubes. Yeah, they gave away, like, houses and stuff. This is, you know, black and white, Price is Right. I used to sit there and be like, and, you know, they're like, like everybody, uh, at this showcase showdown, uh, 15,246. Oh, that was, you, you, you were guessing? Yeah, I'd be guessing. Oh, okay. I never understood, like, uh, you know, one guy would be like, one dollar. Yeah, it's because if you go over, if, yeah, you, then if, you... if, the, if you are... If you were sure the other guy is going to go over. So you didn't want to go over. Yeah, so the, the deal is you automatically win if he goes over. So if you think he went over, if he was going over bid, then you just went $1, and then you would win. Hmm. That was okay. that was that whole strategy. Seemed to work. When will Gotti get Red Dead Redemption 2? It is... Preloaded on my PS4, Joe. Joe's there. And is ready to go at midnight. So it just starts downloading? Yeah, it already preloaded. So just gotta sit and wait till midnight. Then you can play it. Yeah! Hmm. What do you mean, Joe? Joe, come on. You know I get that the day it releases. <laughs> Question is, when are you getting it? Right? And what does Gotti think about the Grand Theft Auto 6 comments? Uh, I'm not sure what, what you mean by the comments on that. Other than I heard uh, the developer Rockstar say they're not sure if a GTA 6 would survive in today's political climate. That's probably right. <clears throat> Uh, Jason, my resume writing skills are trash. What does Jason look for in a resume? So what do you look for in a resume, Jason, when somebody sends it in? Because you guys are now accepting applications, correct? That's right. All right. Yeah, you're looking for concise to the point, some bullet points of your achievements, and uh, what you can bring to the table, right? Hmm. Um. You know, why, you know, why we need to add you as a driver and, you know, what kind of influence do you have in your area? And uh, ultimately, people forget why they're sponsored. Um, seems to be a big problem. Why is that? Because... Well, I, mean, I mean, why are they sponsored? They're sponsored to promote your brand and your name to help you sell more product. Okay. That's why that's the whole idea of sponsorship. Uh, lots of people just they forget about that part, and they'll they'll send us emails sometimes that says, "Hey, I'm thinking about picking up more classes this year. I want to run more classes, but it's costing me a lot of money, so I need to get sponsored." Hmm. Okay. Hmm. So they don't understand the whole idea of being sponsored. Okay. They think it's to help them race more classes and win more races. It's actually supposed to be the opposite, 
they're supposed to be representing, helping uh, the brand. Um, that's the whole idea. Yeah, you're sort of like a salesman out there. Yeah, you're supposed to be like, you know what? I've been running this uh, new Ellipse tire. These things are working well. You, you know, talking to somebody that you know um, that might want to know that type of information and get them hooked on on something. And you're, I mean, that's how we used to do it back in the day. I used to build people's associated cars for them trying to get them to run, you know, Proline tires at Lake Park and, you know, run these tires and get build this car. I'll help you build it. And I mean, we used to do everything to get people to run the stuff we raced for. Now people just think it's all about them. Hmm. <clears throat> I can't say people or everybody. That's not right. But yeah. a lot of people come into it with the wrong mindset. Okay, so they got to say things like, you know, I can help promote your company at my local track. I'm very good at this track. I could probably sell some tires here. Yeah, I'm very persuasive. We could get people to, um, you know, I could show people how well my J-Concept stuff is working, and I'm sure it would pay off in the long run. That's how, that's how it's done. And how do you follow up on that to make sure that they're doing that? Well, I think... Sometimes people will tell us, um, yeah. you know, we got a great feedback from a driver the other day that the guy, he was helping somebody at the track and, uh, you know, they didn't know what tire to use or something. And it was Dalton Myers, I think uh, we got a good feedback from him helping some drivers and yeah, it was great. You know, they, that's what you're supposed to do. You know, people are you're helping people, they're struggling you know, not getting things right. And, you know, he gave him some tires to try and got him on the right track, showed him what to do. And, you know, pretty soon they're like, man, it turned, it turned their day completely around. Yeah. And they could be J concepts for life after that. Could be. Yeah. So it is, it's, it's something that, um, drivers today really struggle. You know, if you're if you're an older school driver, you understand kind of what it was about or what it is about. You've kind of been down that road, but and probably helped a ton of people along the way. But today, it's such a. Um, the only thing I help people with is make a decision on not to get what I'm driving. Yeah, they, you just basically re reassure them. Yeah. Oh, he's running. Uh, uh, God, he's running that. Oh, yeah. Let's stay away from that. <laughs> Anything that clown's running. Clown. Just go the opposite way. <laughs> but yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it, it is a. Uh... So anyway, that's what we're looking for. And you know, we we. Uh... We have a great community of J Concepts drivers on Facebook. We uh, talk, chat about the product if need be. Um, guys, we get people to submit their weekly results. We promote their weekly results. So we're we're trying to make them feel special and make them feel a part of a team. And we we go through great links to do that. Um, so what you're asking for in return is that they help spread the spread the love and get people 
interested in the product. That's what we're asking for. And it has to be all nice and neat, and it has to be in a binder. Or a, <laughs> right? Well, you can submit via email these days. But... Oh, that's not. You know, if you really want it done right, you got to mail it in to Jason and, you know, have some gift cards in there from uh, to Starbucks. That will help. I think today's day, what you want is something more concise that explains yourself in some bullet points, where you're going, where you've been, what you what you want to accomplish, what races you're going to, and how you can help us and how you can promote and help sell product. That's what it is. Hmm. Question uh, from Chili Duncan. Chili, get me those RC corrections. Do it. Do it now. Do it now. You do it now, man. Who is the best movie actor to come from Australia? Examples would be Hugh Jack- Jackman, Chris Hemsworth, Heath Ledger, Guy Pierce, Hugo Weaving, Paul Hogan. Well, Jason didn't say Paul Hogan. Hell yeah. And uh, Cy, Mel Gibson. Paul Hogan. He answered that already. Uh, same question now for the ladies. Examples would be Kate Blanchett, Nicole Kidman, Naomi Watts, Margaret Rob, Mar- Margaret Robbie, Margot Robbie. I don't know how to pronounce all these. I don't know. I'm not good with movies and stuff. Who cares? All right, uh, prediction. Uh, Chili's prediction. My dark horse is Tebow for one last title. But otherwise, sorry, JC fans. I think David on girl. Gets it done for AE this year on Garo. Okay. What do you think of that? It's good. Angaro. David Angaro. The Dark Horse is Dark. How do you like that? Dark Horse is uh, Tebow for one last title. One last title. Was uh, Tebow uh, retiring? Well, I think the rumor was he was going to retire after this year, but thats I don't think that that's true. Oh, okay. Um, I think what he's alluding to, that it, if he could win this year, he probably... Would step down. Well, maybe not so... Maybe not even that is... I think what he's also alluding to is that he's getting to the point where at the next Worlds, he probably doesn't have... The, the window is closing. <laughs> oh. I think, closing. That's, I think that's what he's referring to. Chili, uh, Tebow is on the um, TB12 program, the pliability program, so he's going to be around for a while. Tebow plans to, to race until he's 45. You know what? This Heath Ledger as a great actor from Australia, man, he's probably way up there. Hugh Jackman. He's I don't know be. nothing that. He's the guy that was from that movie Real Steel, right? Did you ever see that with the robots? Hmm. Real cool, like, kids movie. I might have fast-forwarded that. that. Yeah, Yeah, you might have. I actually like all those guys, you know, a lot of the people he mentioned there. I didn't know all these people were from uh, Australia. That's interesting. About, Man, what the hell? They're producing some actors. What's going on? I know. How about Olivia Newton-John? I mean... Where's that? Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. Who Was she... Uh, was she in Greece? Is that who it was? Oh, man, you're asking the wrong guy. I know nothing about movies. Other than Michael Myers is awesome. Jason's awesome. God. 
Oh, you know who this is. Hmm. Let's look at this. Singer, songwriter, actress. She starred in the musical film Grease. See, I told you. Oh, there you go. See, you know your movies. Good job. All right, uh, Jason, uh, thoughts on the track layout and surface conditions from a tire choice point of view? Uh, you know, I, 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 it's hard to say until you actually see it in person. The track looks a little square to me in pictures, like the actual layout. A lot of tracks are rectangular-ish. This one looks a little more square just in the photos, but it always is different when you show up, but... Be there or be square. Um, if Mart Worlds. The track, uh, when I saw the last time I saw photos, it looked really busy. Busy. It, it just looks like there's. It just looks like there's just jumps and bumps and. Too much going on. <laughs> it looked very off-roady. <laughs> oh, how dare they! I know that's crazy. <laughs> wow. Let's take a look here. See if they got any. Right. See if they got any photos up. Hmm. Look at that. Pete Phillips got his trophy today. Oh, wow. You did send them out. See? Yeah. <laughs> Great. I'm on it, dude. You're making me look bad. I take forever to send stuff out. Allow three to four weeks for deliveries. At least. <laughs> uh, look at that. And, his, uh, and Doby's there. That's yeah. his dog, Doby. Mm -hmm. The Dobinator, I call him. The Dobinator. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's uh, from a tire choice standpoint. Again, that's really hard to say at this point. I wish I could look at it and you know predict, but and, and I I I can do that to a reasonable level, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. But. Is something we're just gonna have to look at when we get there. Okay. Yeah, I hate to just throw out too many just ridiculous. Um... Seems like every two years, to the lead up to the A scale, if Mar Worlds is surrounded by controversy that has nothing to do with racing, but leads to issues on the track. This year's event has been really quiet has there been anything noteworthy that will later impact the racers attending you know there's always something like he said i think lots of times it's a little bit more overblown uh, like last time the worlds they were talking about wings forever wings okay the rear wings there was a new rule about or, or a rule they started enforcing about wing side dam size. Oh, okay. And I'm looking at pictures of the track here now. So, uh, so that was a big controversy. That took many days. I remember manufacturers were involved. The testmans were involved. I mean, it was pretty serious. Um. But it's not like 
don't know. It was a better story for the internet than it was being there in person, mm-hmm. personally. As usually, that's usually the case with the stuff like that. You know what happens is there's a hot topic or a hot button at all this type of stuff, and then one of the media outlets will report the story as like this big controversy yeah. surrounding the world and. <laughs> And then it turns in, and then everybody and their brother is online with their opinions on, you know, you know what's going on, and and that's what makes it a, a big controversy is because it makes it to the internet, and then everybody's got their their they have to weigh in with their two cents, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at this race, there will be something. I, I don't know what it is, but there will be something. Yeah, there always is, and I just to me, I try to stay away from it because I'm just it just it's just kind of draining. So unless it's directly affecting us, I mean the wing the wing thing did directly affect us last year too, or last uh, time. But you know, it's just kind of like you try to make the adjustments on the fly, and you you just keep racing. I mean, it's it's pretty simple, honestly. Uh, I remember we. We took care of what we needed to do with the wings, and and we were everybody was running. So, so so it's been quiet though, huh? It has, and I think that's just there's been a little quietness in the in the industry, um, in this segment because there's a lot a lot of people are knocking on the the rule window. You know what I mean? Uh, that's usually what it comes down to is, oh, that's not legal. Okay. That's where the controversies usually come from. And, and there'll be something, I'm sure, but I try not to get too involved because, man, it, that stuff can really ruin the race and the experience for everybody. Hmm. If you get too too deep in it. And, you know, at the same time, you want to go there, you want your guys to do the best they can and you have to try to minimize the ups and downs as much as possible and and then peak at the right time that's what everything comes down to is getting your stuff together in those last couple rounds of qualifying you're feeling good about what you're doing you run the semi-final and you look and you have your stuff cooking then you're a factor going into the mains. That's really all that matters. Is really the last day and a half. That's what really everything comes down to. Is the last day and a half. Up till then is just all the internet BS and um, yeah, you know, there'll be some new products. People you know have to determine if you know who copied who and <laughs> you know what I mean. Like <laughs> that's all the beginning BS and people trying to be involved but yeah um going back to the track this is a busy track and i've said this to a few people and it reminds me of a more complicated florida track is what it really reminds me of um the jumps are shaped better than what we normally have in florida here but it's very busy and it doesn't look very big to me it looks a little narrow and a little tight and I think that is going to be a big factor because um, there is a. This is where you're going to have to be very good technically with your driving 
skill. And that obviously they're you know the fast guys are the fast guys, but yeah. um, but this it does favor drivers. You know when different surfaces and layouts favor different drivers. So you know like when this you know this right away I look at this thing and I start thinking, man, if this thing gets grooved up and you start thinking of guys like Ryan Cavallari and the Jared Tebos and people that uh, excel on this kind of stuff. I think the track has to get very rough for Tebow to start to excel personally. Um, and I think it's it can be – God, it's, it's kind of hard to put some of these guys in the corner. Like I, I wanted to start saying that Cavallari was – you know, it was going to favor a certain direction, but then it's like, eh, the last Worlds, he should have started on the pole, and the track was really rough. So um, some of these guys just have no restraints, really. They, they're they not limited. Uh, it really comes down to has, has the best program. <clears throat> really comes down to who has got the best program and and uh, peaks at the right time. Hmm. I like the way this track looks, though. I'm actually kind yeah. of excited about the way it the way it looks. Uh, just a reminder for Jason, Aussies use 240 power supply. I, I saw that. What's weird is these days is you really charge your phone, and that's really... You know, uh, for Thomas charging his camera equipment, we charge our phones, you know. So. Mm -hmm. Pete Phillips is asking any side trips or touristy plans. I think Allison was trying to <laughs> incorporate one thing before we leave. <laughs> and like, before you leave. Yeah, like she was asking me one day about when, you know, okay, if we fly out and we have, you know, She's like, if we have eight hours at an airport, would you leave the airport? We're like, no. I, I was like, oh man. Please, I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to be there eight hours. <laughs> like to her, she's like, all right, we could squeeze in, like go over here for eight hours, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to be there eight hours. Let's get out of there. But I told her I didn't care. I mean, if we get to do that, that's fine. But. To be honest, at the end of 10 days, man, you're going to want to be out of there. Yeah. Especially if you don't do good in the race. If you do well, you'll be like, you know, party, right? Allman McLean said, when you're done building an RC car, do you just pick it up and stare at it for an hour? Um, no. Sort of, yeah. Not as probably not as much as I used to, but man, it. Yeah, I think uh, as a kid I did. Yeah, I was always I, amazed. There'd be times I'd put my car on my my nightstand, you know, go to sleep, and that thing's right there when you wake up. Hey, car, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> Thing is, it's got to be your buddy, man. Those things, that's your connection. <clears throat> you really should put your radio in your car on your nightstand. Um. Got to have a really good working relationship with those two. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Um, <clears throat> what else you got here? Has Ernie from Trinity been on the show? Which he has. 
I really enjoy this Ernie stories, some funny stuff. Yeah, I have to re-upload. That was one of the episodes that was lost. But actually, that episode, I can't even remember when we interviewed him. It was so long ago. And it was just me, though. Jason was out of town somewhere. Kirby couldn't be on. So Ernie wants to be back on the show, but he'll only come on the show if you are on the show and Kirby. Okay. Along with me. He doesn't want to just, you know, he he feels like you guys tried to, you skipped out on him. Yeah. I, I remember hurt. when he was supposed to be on, and yeah, there was some reason I couldn't be on that day. Yeah. And Kirby, I don't know where the hell he was at, probably playing flag football or softball or something. But uh, uh, this time, if I schedule Ernie, you guys, gotta, you got to be there. Mm-hmm. So. He also says the new Ellipse tires are awesome. Any plans for matching fronts? Yes. Ooh. Yes. Um, Stitcher has about 10... R.I.P. shows on it. Are the rest of the shows out there somewhere? Yeah, I answered them in there. Okay. Late to the podcast game, so I've missed several shows. And he's got four 2019 driver team discount. Not discount. Gossip. (laughs) (laughs) You're as bad as I am reading these things. Yeah, I told you. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of gossip. Yeah? Um, like all these uh, team moves and yeah. who's going where. And... I know one thing is um, Mayfield's contract is not up, so he's kind of um, – he, he's not going anywhere. Can he demand a trade? No. So I know one thing's for sure. He's – as far as I know. Um, so we got Mayfield locked up pretty much on the J Concepts end. Or the chassis end, too. No, I think what I was referring to was mostly the chassis end of things. Okay. Uh, that, and, uh, I, yeah, that type of stuff. So he's he, his contract is still active. Uh, you know, Cavalry is, um, is open. He's a free agent, so to speak. Uh, hmm. Spencer Rivkin is. Uh, Dustin Evans is. Uh, I've heard Ty Tessman's name being thrown out there, but I don't think that he's up for anything. Uh, oh, really? He just signed, didn't he? Like last? Yeah, it was like two years ago. And oh, it's been two years already. Wow. Probably this is the end of two years coming up, and so I don't and that's think typically he's... the contracts two years. Uh, not always. Um, some of the longer ones, three, four. Five. I think Tebow. Tebow's had a five-year contract with. Kyosho maybe twice. Um, I know Mayfield's had three and four year deals. Are those guys kind of reluctant? They, they really don't want to sign a five year deal because they kind of want that, you know, flexibility. Yeah, you, you figure like two, three, three years max. Three years max would probably be it for me. Like I would be like, oh, I want that flexibility to make a switch if I want to. You know, uh, it's or, just like it, everything. What Is I've there noticed. like an can they opt out anytime? No. Like, do you write do you write those in at all? No, they don't have that type of stuff. <laughs> this isn't sports, <laughs> like no. uh, NBA or anything. Yeah. Okay. I thought maybe you'd write in like, hey, you know, we'll sign you to a five year deal, but you can opt out after three, and explore your options and restricted free agent, unrestricted. Yeah, I think you know part of. 
you know, part of these contracts is it's just you handle it just like you would if you and a lot of it is handled like if you were a sports athlete from a sense of when you're young, you probably sign short term deals because you're thinking you're going to get better in advance and you don't want to put yourself in a corner. Right. Yeah. But but the older you get, you want to sign longer deals because you're unsure of your your <laughs> yeah, ability your ability to hang around. So I think that is the, exactly the same. Um, I'd be nervous signing a long term one because you know you get on a team and certain things aren't being done your way or they're not making changes that you want or you're not getting along with anybody or something. You know at least you can get out into. I guess there's only a select few of those guys out there that have to worry about that, right? Yeah, I mean, it is very few. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of gossip out there. I mean, I, I'm a little too, in a sense, I'm a little too connected to kind of say what, yeah, you, my, to say what my opinions are because I know a little more mm-hmm. than most, I guess you could say. Um, right. So anything that I would say might come across as fact i guess uh, but those guys are all looking and looking and looking around and uh, those are the guys i think of off the top of my head that are in moving situations i guess you could say mm-hmm. and everybody starts off thinking big like oh i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do that and you know everyone's kind of talks tough but then when push comes to shove, a lot of these guys tend to fall back to where they're most comfortable. And I think we're going to see a little bit of that. Now, when you sign a driver, like if I was to become, you know, I send my resume into you and I'm driving JC, is that for a year? Or do I get Yeah. Or, most, so every most year of, I got to reapply? Yeah, I'd say over half of our agreements with drivers are for a year. And they probably should be longer. It would make it a little bit easier um, on everyone here, but um, you know, but that's how we do it. Yeah. <clears throat> I just and I throw this question out in chat: like, how do you know that it's paying off for you to be sponsoring this driver, that driver, whatever? You know what I mean? Like, how do you, how do you know it's paying off? Um. Yeah, there's not really any hard, no... hardcore data supporting some of these things. Um, sometimes it's a gut feeling that you have about some of these, some guys. Um, <clears throat> and there's there there are times where <clears throat> you have the feel good stories too, where you know. Um, you've actually been around certain drivers enough to know that they're getting the job done for you, you know? Um, so, you know, that, that is a, it's a tough subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are somewhat unique in this business that we are racing. We have a team, um, and I say we like as an industry, um, you know, some team drivers aren't 
they don't get everything for free. You know, it's like partial sponsorships or, but you're still a part of the same team. You still have access to people, information, uh, products, things much at a much different level than people that aren't. So there is some good in the bad and you have the chance to, um, improve. And I think that's a big part of it. But like I said earlier, you know, it comes down to um, can you influence? Um, can you get the job done on the track? Can you influence people? Can you do you understand what it, the you know the reason to be sponsored? And knowing those things it goes a long way. Now, do do I have to report into you? Every so often on what I'm doing, well, how I'm doing, or do I just post on Facebook, hey, I ran this race and I did this? Well, that I think that's sometimes what people think is enough, but what we've been doing recently, the last two years, I guess you could say, one of Thomas's things that we have him doing is every week we ask on our team page, hey, how'd the week go? How did the weekend? What was the racing like? Um, update us on your results and, and what happened and those people that uh, uh, give us the information on a continued basis we, we really enjoy that because that is actually our connection to how they're doing out there in the field you know if you, you don't make sure these guys are being active too. yeah activity yeah. is a huge part of this and that's another topic we can bring up down like towards the end is um, some something i was thinking about the other day with that but yeah, what we do is we ask people for their results, how they're doing. It's not so much that we're just like, oh, did you win? It's more like, hey, are you out there? Are you racing? Are you, um, what do you like in product wise at your track? And, you know, what's going on? And sure, if you win or podium, then, you know, sh- shoot us a photo. <clears throat> and, you know, that's something that I've been doing ever since we started J Concepts is we've been really reported that's a word on our driver results i remember doing it at home writing race reports putting them up on our old website and i didn't even know that back then i wasn't even looking at like red rc and neo buggy and all this stuff i didn't even like look at any of that stuff i didn't care i just posted what i thought needed to be posted for us and showing what people were doing and later on i had people started telling me that it's like, man, you guys are doing all these, you know, you're updating and talking about race results and reports and you guys got all this stuff. And I'm like, it's like, yeah, everybody doesn't do that. <laughs> I'm, like, no. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, so anyway, we've tried to make it a point over time to report on how the things are going. And then, so the, the flow used to go, uh, you know, racer to us to, the website to the news outlets but now we're kind of going racer to our facebook um, group with thomas thomas compiles the results looks over everything makes a complete story and highlights different guys each week depending on how they you know did or you know just whatever the segment was maybe it was interesting and um you know we read through them and and uh, get an idea of who's doing what and uh, what product they're using. And it's been pretty valuable and it keeps us on our toes and keeps us watching. And 
sometimes people can't BS you, you know. Uh, lots of times you there's probably a time where people come up and talk to you about, you know, I've been to certain tracks and people start to tell you that they've been racing and doing different stuff and you're just like, I don't ever see you race. Hmm. <laughs> it's like, I mean... It's like, mm-hmm. hey, I, I'm checking a lot of stuff out there. I'm looking around. I don't see you. So there's some people that BS you. So with today's technology, it's so, it's so much easier for you to keep up on this, though, too, compared to back in the day. Yeah, it, it to is. To make sure these guys are doing doing their thing. It is, yeah. Mm. And I think it's important that people see that when they do have results and they are part of the team that they can see that those results are being promoted from our standpoint. Yeah. And this is a lot of work to do what we're doing. I mean, it's a ton of Thomas's time and I look at it and we're all involved and, you know, from our passion about racing from me to Paul and Thomas and the guys we have, it's a lot of work to to do that stuff, make it look cool and make graphics. And, you know, it's like, I mean, people think that stuff magically happens, but um, it's a lot of work. You know, people don't think, you know, people think when you get an RC job that you just, you go in somewhere and you just start playing with cars all day. <laughs> and, you know, it's yeah, like it's a lot of times it's you go into work, you put your headphones on. And you're on your computer, and you gotta get some work done. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, it's a job. It's a job. Yeah, it's you job. gotta get stuff done. You happen to be passionate about it, but you know, you don't. You can't just sit there for three hours working on your cars and talking about last weekend's race, and then you're like, all right, well, you know, time. I'm gonna leave here pretty soon and go race. It's like that's not really the a job. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're a racer. We, we bust you about it but we're yeah i realize that definitely it was a job mm-hmm. training. it was a job it, it's a monday through friday grind and then if you went somewhere on the weekends to race you went racing and monday you're right back at it mm-hmm. yeah i mean yeah i mean we get people that mess you know talk to us and they'll be like hey you know i just was checking to see if you guys have any openings for a job because you know I could go out and do any of those events that you that you yeah that, that's me. That, what are you talking about? That, that, that you want me to go to, and I can travel and I can race and, and do all that stuff for you. And you're like, yeah. I bet you can. <laughs> I, I bet you. I bet you can. It's like you know who else could do it? Me, but I can't because I have to work. You know, it's a tough thing when you turn something in, you know, what you love, you know, especially you guys doing it on the weekends, you're racing, you know, and then when you turn it into your job, that's a tough thing, actually. Like you said, everybody thinks it's easy and it's like, but when you turn your, your hobby into your job, mm-hmm. that's, that's a, that well, a tough thing. But it ruins your hobby. That's what yeah, ends up happening. Absolutely. I've told people that a lot is, um, you know, when they start working, I'm like, you know, I said, you realize what happens in this is once you start getting involved in this is you have to have an extreme 
amount of dedication to the rate to RC to do it for work and turn around and want to do it right back again for racing. And at first they don't understand, but then, but then they understand pretty quickly uh, once they get into it. Um, you know how it is. And, and it's a tough, like all joking aside with you, you know how we joke around with you and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, I realize the responsibility you have. I mean, you got a whole company there. You got employees. You got to worry about everything. But you know, also when you're working there. You're doing it five days a week, Monday through Friday at the office. And then, you know, you got to go to a track and race, let's say on the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, whatever you're doing. And then, like I said, turn right back around Monday. So really, you could almost be doing this seven days a week. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it is. I mean, you... Yeah, it's... And you could burn out. Oh, yeah. You could definitely burn out. Yeah, I've had it happen. Um, I think everybody... Yeah. I think everybody has it happen occasionally. And um, it's not even so much like you burn out. You just, like, wire out. I don't know what the difference between the two is. But um, I think what ends up sometimes happens, and this could be anything, doesn't have to be RC, is when everybody wants to return the pressure back to you. It's like, hey, are we doing this? Hey, are we doing that? Um, are we going to do this? And we got this coming up. And, you know, hey, have you thought about this before? And that, that's everybody's questions to me, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so you you have to kind of manage the wiring out part of it because constantly everybody wants to put it on you. And, um, you know, if you had a bad race, um, you know, last week, and what are we going to do about this? All right, well, that's not, you know, now somebody's transferring that to me, you know. Oh, well, this this product isn't doing well. What are we going to do about that? Well, that transfers back, you know what I mean? So it's like, um, that's kind of the tough part about this is because a lot of things get directed back back to somebody that's that uh, is part of being in charge, I guess. Yeah. What are we gonna do about that? <laughs> yeah. Hey, just, we, gonna do we, that? we just came back from that race. Did you get the report? Are you guys gonna do a report? I'll do that mm. too. Don't worry about it. Hey, have you updated the points? Are we getting a new body this week? When's the new bo- so When's the new tire coming out? Yeah. What's going on? When are we gonna be in stock? Hurry up. Mm-hmm. It's all the same thing. But anyway. Enough of our crying. Any plans to release the ellipse in R202 and Y2 as seen at a hot ride a hobby shootout? Yes. Um, I believe we're going to do blue and R2 compound. Mm. And if we need to go harder than that, we can O2 and Y2. But I think we'll definitely, we'll definitely have um, blues and R2s. To start off with, we wanted to make sure we had golds. That's by far the most popular for racing these days and then we wanted to have greens and blacks because people love the super soft stuff and then we can we'll kind of work backwards towards the harder compounds because they're by far the least popular i'll say but they're they're needed at certain tracks but they're just not it's not as common 
like that'll be like the time they ran the hot rod shootout and they ran y2s that'll be the only time all year that the ryans and those guys will run that compound so you know you can see like that priority for us is very low because there's not many tracks like that uh with rumors of pro line discontinuing x2 compound 10 scale tires does does making harder compound hybrids 3ds and double d's make sense or is it or is the outdoor dry track 10 scale market just too small it is very small but i think we do have an option in the works that i think is gonna the what we have is over a period of years we haven't discontinued a lot of product so we have a little bit of a buildup of pin tires on our lineup like double d's 3ds hybrids uh reflexes we have like four or five pin tires that we made at one point or another you know starting in 2007 so we have a buildup of some of these and so the idea for 2019 is that we're going to try to replace two or three of those tires with a new tire 2.2 but available in a couple other compounds so We'll be able to kind of get what he's looking for, but we're going to do it with a different tread. Ah, okay. Yeah, because uh, Andrew says, uh, I run JC tires as much as I can, but sometimes I unfortunately have to run other companies' pin tires when I need a harder compound. Yeah. So you're, so you're going to help him out there? Yeah, and I, I see what he's talking about. You know, maybe he's, you know, he can get some X compounds or aka's or something that are a little harder that when you need that harder tire I mean, he's probably on on accurate for doing that so uh but yeah i think with this plan we have going in the next year you know we already have the tire in our hand we're just doing a little testing so yeah got some got some good stuff there for uh 10 scale off-road Andrew's a good guy. All right. Um, why is there such a discrepancy in surfaces when it comes to A scale versus 10 scale? Um, <clears throat> I, I think that comes down to it being the primarily racing outdoors. There's not as many indoor nitro events. So when you go outdoors, you have so many different surfaces. And then when you go to different states, all the dirt's different. So that's why there's so many different surfaces in eight-scale outdoor racing. And then I think the prep just comes down to what is reasonable, what the weather had in store. And that's probably the, the most important things for how the the surface comes out and the eight scale cars they're not as temperamental when it comes to the track uh surface so them being four-wheel drive being larger you can get away with a lot more like if the track just rained you can go out there a lot sooner if the track is really bumpy or blown out um, it's easier to get around with an eight scale easier to get around with an eight scale than it is with a 10 scale car and 
So well, I guess yeah, I guess you answered that then because he's like, well, he says, uh, does size and weight of the A scale racing affect the surface? Yeah. Impact, yeah. So. And and I think what's happened in ten scale is the main, you know, let's just throw a number out there and say seventy five percent of the racing is indoors with clay tracks or carpet or astroturf, and right there that means they're all fairly smooth and built somewhat the same way. So, but with eight scale, you go outside, all the dirt's different. People build tracks differently. They're different sizes. There's so many variables. That's why, in my opinion, eight scale is a lot different. Now, if we race 10 scale more outside, like we do in Florida, the tracks are a lot different. You know, they are bumpy. They are, they change with the temperature. They change with the weather. Um, all the things that happen in eight scale happen out there too, but it, people, you know, in 2018, it's just not as common to race 10 scale outside anymore. And, hmm. and that's actually where it's the best, to be honest. Uh, you can open the cars up. I mean, when we were just racing at Mills Pond a couple weeks ago, it was amazing being able to drive the car fast. Um, big jumps and um, the car was great to drive and but you know it's a lot of conditioning with the tracks being indoors and and then the surfaces are controlled by the track owners who want to make it easy for them so Mm. lots of times these tracks change to running slick tires because it's easy to keep the track like that and then the racers have to adapt to slicks, and then that's what you got. Personally, I hate slicks. Um, yeah. I think that's like the worst racing um, in off-road is on slicks. I think today's off-road is the bar-style tires worn in a little bit, and when you're done with the weekend, you got like a little bit of a bald patch in the rear tire, but you still can see a lot of tread. To me, that's off-road indoor racing now. Uh, Not that it's amazing, but that's probably our version of off-road for 10 scale. You know, we race outside when we just did that. You know, we were still running bar-style tires. They wear quicker outside in the sun, but it's a different feel. The car has a different feel. very rarely do you have tracks anymore where you're running like a monster pin. Um, I remember those. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you just don't, even when the tracks are like wet or loamy now, you still run a smaller pin tire because they actually work better. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think back then in those days on these big, or these dirt tracks, they ran tires because that's what they had. You know, people always talk about these big spikes and all that stuff, but that was also what was made back then. So it's not that something else wouldn't be better, but it's like that's... You know, we were just talking about this at Tampa. We were there running 8-scale over the weekend. We were running eight, I was running e-buggy, and people were talking about the track, and I was like, I was like, hey, I was here in 1992, and I remember Cliff Lett running Schumacher mini pins on his two wheel or low C four rows. Those were his two tires. Hmm. 
and he was in those Schumacher mini pins are the same exact tires they sell today that you run on, on AstroTurf. Good lord! It's the same tire. <laughs> they made them for dirt. People think they make those made those tires, but they at the time I believe they made them for dirt. Wow! And it was a good tire on dirt in those days. I think um, I had those. I'm sure you did. They were really popular. Schumacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I go on to the next question? Yeah. All right. Uh, I think I'm going on to your page here now. You shared the post, and you got a lot of questions in there. we gotta, nice. we got to hit these up, or we're going to be here all night. Yeah, no kidding. Will there be a new pair of Jordans worn, and are you hanging around after to see the sights? Well, you kind of answered that one. But, yeah, will you have a new pair of Jordans? For this race are you gonna go out there and buy a new pair for this i actually was on ebay the other day looking for something but i didn't i, I have something yeah i got something i'll wear they're still gonna be fresh get yourself some lebrons <laughs> i think he's got a new one oh, we got a new question here jason how do you not pick a favorite driver much like having children how do you not pick a favorite driver who's your favorite driver jason and well, come on, and then uh, who is Jason's dark horse or long shot pick? Well, I think it's pretty fair to say that my favorite driver is Mayfield. Um, just because of our, he goes back the longest with J Concepts. Yeah. So, um, it's but hard, that, though. but that doesn't mean that. I mean, when Spencer's running, I'm right there in the car with him. You know, when Cavalieri's running or... You're, you're in the car? Yeah, like, you know... In the car. Figure of speech, figure of speech. Okay, gotcha. Pull a rabbit out of the top of your head. So, yeah, I mean, it's always great to see Mayfield win because from the standpoint of he's been with you a long time and people... It's, it's, like, it's like the Golden State Warriors, you know what I mean? Uh-oh. You know, you, you can um, – it's like you can say, hey, we drafted Mayfield. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, something to That's that true. effect. That's true. And you did. And then, you know, but if you sign a guy um, to go out there and get you wins, like your Kevin Durant, you know, um, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's you want him to deliver, but it's at the same time, it's like, yeah, we signed this guy to deliver, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, you have favorites because of maybe the length of stay or some things that you have in common or something. But at the end of the day, you want to see these guys win. You know, I mean, when David Ronafalk won the Nitro Challenge this year, I was pumped. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mayfield was in the race doing well with him. Uh, but David won, and I was happy because he beat Robert Battle, probably one of the best, if not the best, eight-scale driver ever. Um, and so, yeah, you're pumped up. It's just you just want to you just want your guys to to be able to race up to their capability. That's what it all really comes down to. And you're happy when you see them race to their capability. When you see them underperform, then that, it's just, 
you're just not happy about it because you feel like somehow you let them down or something. Uh, you have a dark horse pick, long shot. Oh man, there's probably a lot, but um, I think that Kyle McBride has a possibility to win. Um, to me, he would be the dark horse because I mean, what is Mayfield the dark horse? No, not really. Um, you know, Ty Tessman or any those guys really aren't dark yeah, horses. Group. They're like kind of favorites, right? And if one of those guys wins, there's going to be a handful of people like. Oh yeah, that was my pick to win. <laughs> right. So it's yeah. like, you know, I would say that Kyle McBride, um, he's been running for associated for about three, maybe more years now. And he's won a lot of races in Australia and he's very good on the world level. But you know, if things go his way, he might be able to win the thing. I think a, I think a few things do have to go his way for him to win, uh, just because of the level of drivers. But but it could be done. But it could be done. Kyle McBride. I mean, you just I mean, if you look at the names, it's just it's staggering, really. Um, what do, what do we have for entries? It'll be maxed out. Whatever the max number is, I'm sure they'll be. You know, they limit it, so it's it's probably 200 and something. I wouldn't. Okay. All right. We got Zach Ryan says we've seen a lot of host clubs struggle after holding a world championships. What more can be done to help the club at a major meeting like this? And how much of the entry fee goes directly to the club? Well, of course, the the I think these clubs. First of all, it costs. Um, I, first of all, I think it costs quite a bit to put these races on, and they really, yeah. to be honest, they don't really get enough money to do these races. <clears throat> uh, it takes a lot of work. Um, it, you know, it takes a lot of work to put these races on for the host track and. I honestly, I think if you're doing a Worlds because you think it's going to benefit you monetarily, then you're probably doing it for the wrong reasons. The only way to keep your track going is to have a successful local following. That's the only way to do it. You can't depend on these big races like the Worlds to come in and save the day for you. Um well, how, how, how would it do that? They're not going to – I mean, obviously these guys aren't going to be buying anything at your shop. Yeah, it's it's strictly <laughs> it's strictly something you do to say we've done it as a club. And and I think that's – a lot of people get off on that idea that, you know, their goal is to host the world. So they got it done, and then they're like, oh, I'm kind of over this. <laughs> yeah. And so – that was like uh, the curse of, of Roar at one time. Like when, when a track would have a Roar Nationals, it closed up not too long after that. Yeah. And back, in, I, back in the day. And, and I think that that probably still could be true today also. But I don't think that it's so much that it's because Roar sucks anything out of the event. I think it's because they lose their sort of their, their whole motivation to keep it going. Yep. And 
so it's not like Roar comes in and all of a sudden sucks all this life or Ifmark comes in and sucks all this life out of your track. It's, I think the people burn out trying to appease those events, and then they are the ones that shut it down. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think that that's what you have to weigh when you're doing these type of things is say, hey, this is going to be good publicity for our track, but let's take that publicity – and turn it into more success down the road. I think people sometimes feel like success means hosting the world or hosting the Roar Nationals, and then you've made it. But that's actually kind of the opposite. It's the people that have made it for a period of time without doing that kind of stuff are the ones that are really successful. Um, so, And you can pick probably all these tracks that have done that type of thing, and they all suffer from the same thing. You know, they do it for ego reasons, which is yeah. fine. I'd probably do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But you have to go, hey, is this my long-term goal? goal? Um, or, you know, or is my long-term goal to really make this a long-term success? Uh, I think people are like, um, you know, they just had the Roar Nationals in Florida for 8-scale. Track is awesome. Uh, my favorite track, probably one of my favorite tracks to visit right now. Um, probably my f- three favorite tracks now is Southside, um, Coral Springs, and Mills Pond. And then you got Lake Park, Newberry, RC, probably after that. And they they went all out for the Roar Nationals, and they pulled it off. They had some problems with weather. They had some people that were kind of razzing them, causing them some issues ahead of the, before the race. And they went, they made it through all that. They had a great roar nationals, but since then you can see that there's been a little bit of a, like a hangover almost because they got through the big race and then it feels like, all right, we accomplished our goal. We got through the big race, but really it's what you do with that later that really kind of matters. And and that's where I think it kind of fails people. So anyway. Hmm. So um, how much of the entry fee goes directly to the club? I, so, I honestly don't know that number. I, I should know, but I, for some reason I just haven't really been involved on that end, so I don't know. Yeah. I do think that the track gets the sponsorship money. So, like, if you have uh, – that's where things used to be so good in the old days where you could get uh, – I remember Richard Saxon. We've talked about this before. When he hosted the Worlds in Las Vegas, he said he got – oh, man, was it eighty or $90,000 in sponsorship money from – and he was, like, the track. You know what I mean? Yeah. His position was like I'm the track. He's the track, and he got eighty or ninety thousand dollars from sponsorship sponsors to host the worlds, and then Ifmar did the entries and ran the race. He built the track and maintained it, and and he said when it was all said and done, he still had six thousand of his own money in it, <laughs> 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 which tells you the story right there. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And. But he did it for his own reasons. He did it because to say he did it and some probably some ego reasons. And he knows that today. He probably knew it a little bit then. But And he did pull it off. 
and you did it in Vegas. All right, what else we got? I got Greg Degani on here, but he's just he's just so bitter and old with all this stuff. It's like can't even really like give his questions any credibility. He is very knowledgeable in person, um, but yeah. on the internet, man. Oof. <laughs> okay. Oh, poor Greg. Rob Sturgill. Is there a Starbucks in Perth? I hope so. I have to look that up. I think I might Google be on the coffee wagon. I think I might drink coffee with Allison. What? Yeah, I never drink coffee, but sometimes on these trips, I'm, I just might. Uh, don't forget, it acts like a laxative, so be careful. Oh, gross. <laughs> JQ, water or no water? Um... I like races where they don't water the line uh, of the, the racing line. I think it's fine to water the insides and the outsides whenever you want. Uh, but watering the racing line really kind of causes some inconsistencies. And we're going to have that. They're going to water here every four runs according to their schedule. Um and that's what you're going to hear. That's going to be, actually, now that we think about it, that's going to be the controversy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Will be this watering thing is okay. because it is a big deal. Like, if you get a dry track after four runs versus a freshly watered track, there's a big difference. And in Ithmar, at a lot of the roar races, you're sorted. You're sorted. All the fast guys are sorted together for the A qualifier. You know, like the Roar Nationals, you have seating, and then your top ten fastest seating times are together in a qualifier. Well, in IFMAR, they take, like, the top, I want to say it's, like, the top 50 drivers from seating, and then you're sporadically placed in, like, the in like the first five or six heats. So, like, like not all the fastest guys are in the very first race, but they're all within the top five races. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's how they do it at the Worlds. And that's going to play okay. a big factor here because there's going to be rounds. And, and, of course, you have multiple rounds of qualifying, so everyone's going to get their fair share of the watering system. So, you know, say the first round of qualifying goes through, and let's just say for argument's sake that Angaro's the top seed, and he's, you know... He's car number one, race one, or however they decide to do it. Maybe he's car one in the last race, whatever. And if they water the track for his race, um, there's going to be guys that didn't seat as well as him that have a different track condition. And that's going to be a huge, a huge difference. So you're going to hear guys at the Worlds going... Well, I got seventh that round, but I was on the water track, and I thought that was pretty good for the round, considering I had the wet track. It was slower. So-and-so TQ'd, but he had the dry track, so that's what you're going to hear. And okay. then apples. Then when you start to get closer to semifinals, is then you're going to be racing on the same track. So it's not going to matter as much. But qualifying, you're going to have some, a little bit of inconsistency. 
So that's where it opens the door for guys that you know you might you know you might get a little better track two or three qualifiers in a row and all of a sudden you look like you're um like the guy to beat but then but you might have had a little bit of a track advantage but then when starts things start to equal out you get in the the into the mains and all of a sudden you're like whoa everybody's right with this guy um so that's that's what you're gonna see a lot of so for my picks yeah what do you got <clears throat> I, I would say if, if there was such a thing as coming in to an event like as a favorite I think David Ungaro is the favorite oh yeah um, Ungaro he's had a Davide, I think is technically how you say his name, but uh, how you say it? Davide. Oh, okay. <clears throat> but interesting. He's been hot all year, and uh, as Paul says, he's been de- destroying people here and there. Um, and he has. He's had a phenomenal year racing. Um, and man, when people are peaking. And you're young and you got a lot of confidence. It's hard to beat. Um, so I would say he's right up, right up there at the top of the power rankings. Then um, uh, Ronald Falk is going to be tough. He's a defending champion. He's going to be laying it all on the line. <clears throat> I mean, trying to go back to back. Yeah, I mean, nobody. I don't think anybody's gone back to back that I remember. And no, I'm so, looking at uh, past results, and I do not see it. It's a possibility that he's uh, he's right up there. Uh, and then you got uh, who was kind of the hot guy early in the year, which was Robert Battle. Uh, kind of like I always say, hey, you know. The 2012 winner. Yeah. He, he is an amazing eight-scale racer. Um Probably doesn't get enough credit, to be honest, with everybody else, but that guy is awesome. And um, <clears throat> so I'd say those three uh, are going to be very close to the top. Then I think Tessman, then Mayfield. <clears throat> I think that's the top five contenders. Um, and then from there... Yeah. Why? Why did Americans struggle at this race? From what I noticed there. Uh, and when we have won, it hasn't been in the United States. <laughs> so Ty, I'm looking at results. This is um, from Live RC, and this is the only thing I could find. It had some interesting facts here, like uh, how many World Championships uh, by country. By chassis, mm-hmm. um, so I'm just looking at the past results. And well, 2016 was Ron Falk, right? Yep. So then it was Ty Testman in 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's for Canada people, not USA. And then Robert Battle in 2012, and then Cody King, 2010. Mm-hmm. 2008 uh, at Sushi Hara, 
Mm-hmm. From Japan. 2006, Mark Pavitas. Mm-hmm. USA, Kyosho. That was in Indonesia. That's right. And the rest of these names I can't pronounce. Oh, wait a minute. Here's our Greg Degani. Mm-hmm. 2002 winner. Yep. Ah, Kyosho. And then the rest of these names, I'm not even going to attempt. From 2000 to 98, 96, 94. Can't even pronounce them. So not many U.S. Uh, U.S. drivers, what's what's the deal with that? Well, I mean, when you kind of look at it, so you go back to, oh, what was it, O2 and Degani won. So yep, we have Degani was uh, American. Um, Mark, Mark Pavitas was an American. Cody King was an American. So that's three. So we got three. And then Ty Testman's Canadian, so that's four. Um, they're Roar Racers. Ty- then when you look at it, when you look at it by country, Japan was in the lead with four. Mm-hmm. Italy three and US three were tied, so I guess that's not that bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I guess uh, that's kind of what I think. As... I, I think yeah. Degani, because Degani's very boisterous about, and on a lot of these questions, he just keeps saying the Americans are going to suck and all this type of stuff. Which yeah, I think he just he's just old and bitter, but um, I think the reason. I don't really know how to the right way to say this, but so so in ninety six or uh, eighty eighty six started the worlds. Mm-hmm. And and to be honest, and... Americans didn't compete that regularly till probably the late nineties or mid nineties. Okay. Um, I want to say I remember Mark Pavitas going to his first one in like ninety four or something like that. Okay, so we'll knock uh, off uh, one, two, three, four, five of them. So you're looking at ten years, or ten championships, and we won three of them. Yeah, I, I think that the the guys from the U.S. hold their own, but I do think there's a little bit lost on the U.S. drivers' end because their very best guys race more than one class. So I think that's what people don't bring up or like a Degani doesn't give these guys enough credit for. But, um, you know, you look at this top 25 RC list that we reference from time to time, and we got... Um, we got Angaro at the top, Ty Tessman second, Rona Falk, Tebow, Mayfield, Boots, Cavalieri, Rivkins, your top eight, Robert Battle, nine. Well, if you take Ty Tessman, which well, he's Canadian, but I mean, for all intents and purposes, he's an American racer. He runs all the American races. Um, you know, so every Ty's race. like, how dare you? Yeah. I like, mean, how dare you? Yeah, I mean, but. In terms of, it's like, it's like, it's like, hey, Steve, Steve Nash, you know, Steve Nash is Canadian, but uh-huh. he played in the NBA, right? And he competed, and I think he went to college in the United States, right? Or did he? Yeah, I think he went to college in the United States. Yeah, he you played. Just assume he's from the. Yeah, I see what you're saying. That's why like, I said to you, yeah, Ty Tessman people are from Canada. Yeah. 
because you would think, oh, oh, we won one in 2014. USA won. Nope. But yeah, I, I consider him an American. You consider him racer. American. <laughs> a, a racer, I guess. I, I don't know. It's yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. It, it is. It's hard to. It's hard to say so, that, but and not completely disrespect the situation. But hey, he's he's traveled to the U.S. to hone and race the other Americans his whole career. So it's like, I mean, his, to be honest, his skills are probably sharpened in the U.S. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how else you would really say it. I mean, we're talking about a guy that races the Roar Nationals, the every race in the U.S., RJ Concepts Indoor National Series. Um, he's at all these things. They're all in the yeah. U.S. So it's like, I don't know. I think it's interesting that we haven't won in the United States with the U.S. driver. Yeah, and I think that comes down to Mayfield probably not winning that one in 2008. Uh, 2008? Yeah, the one that... Uh, yeah, that was in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, the one that Hara won. Mayfield led probably 75% of that race, at least. Uh and it really looked like he was going to win it for a while. Uh, he came into the pits, uh, doing one of his last pit stops, and he the car flamed out in the pits. Ugh. Brent changed the glow plug, sent him back out, but but yeah, he lost a lot of time there. So Ryan's lost a lot of these worlds in eight scale. I think he's only finished twice, to be honest, and that's probably our the reason why I would say that some of these guys have an advantage over others because they have a better program. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I was going back to earlier is Ty Tessman races multiple classes all year long. Um, Jared Tebow races multiple classes all year long. Mayfield races all year long different classes. Cavalieri, Rivkin. These guys are racing six, seven classes in a year. And like Robert Battle, he basically races one class. He races eight-scale nitro buggy all year long. And, you know, sure, he runs some e-buggy here and there, but... Hmm. <clears throat> I mean, he's a, he's a specialist. He's an eight-scale nitro specialist, and he's damn good at it. These other guys kind of uh, split their time between multiple vehicles. So you have to pay for that a little bit. And it, sometimes where it pays is when you don't win the big one because you weren't allowed you weren't able to dedicate everything that was needed to get it done your program isn't completely strong enough i think the the ironic part about this list when you look at this top 25 is ty testman does so well because he has probably easily has the best program between him and his dad, their preparation, their kind of togetherness, their living and dying with their own setups, um, and their engine and fuel pitch strategy, they're like just so good at that. And that is their their strength. Besides Ty's great driving, that's their strength. That's why they're a favorite. Um, 
right behind Ungaro and these other guys in this is because their program is so great. Hmm. Um, I mean, they went to the Euros this year and pitted for um, <clears throat> Bruno Coelho, and he won the eight scale Euros. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I mean, the guys have. I mean, the guys raced eight scale uh, a lot. But yeah. never had that type of a result, even close, as far as I know. Damn. And you know, they went there, they went there and wrenched and pitted for him and he won. So it <laughs> kind of shows you that they have a pretty good uh, handle on, on on prepping for races of that caliber. So yeah. um that's why it, the the reason Mayfield hasn't won the world in eight scales is because of his program. It has it hasn't been good at the right time um and some of these other guys the reason they haven't won is their program it's not because they're not talented enough or mayfield probably could have won three of these things on talent um but he hasn't but he hasn't so um i mean and again this year he's going to the worlds and he doesn't really have a dedicated pit guy so um, you know, he he has great sponsors, and he asks people occasionally to be his pit guy, but nobody is consistently his pit guy all year long. Like, you know, the Tessmans have their dad, and Rona Folk has Adrian and his dad, and Ungaro has his people, and all these guys have their guys. Wow. And, like, he doesn't have a guy. It's like he wrenches and does all the work himself, and basically uses the pit guy that's there that he can use. You know, it's like if Adam Drake doesn't make the A main, Adam Drake will probably be pitting him in the main. If Ryan makes the main, um, he didn't make the main at the Nationals because he flamed out. So, but if Adam doesn't make the main and Ryan makes the main, he's got a great pit guy. If Ryan makes the main and Adam makes the main, Ryan has to find (laughs) the pit guy. (laughs) Jason Rona. All of a sudden, I'm the pit guy. Uh, All of a sudden, I'm the pit guy. I already got thrown out of the pits once this year. So, <laughs> oh, by Mayfield. Yeah, and I thought I did a good job. <laughs> no, um, no, he didn't throw me out of the pits. But, oh, okay. Uh, Get out of here. Uh, it is exciting down there, but it's crazy. Anyway, the t- the program, Ungaro, Tessman, Ronald Folk, um, Robert Battle. Mayfield, that, that's that's your list right there, and then you got everybody else, which you just never know. You know, Cole Ogden, this track is suits him. He might be in it. In it, Joe Joe Bornhorst, Ryan. I mean, these guys are just oh. these guys are just amazing. I mean, just listen to this list: Davide Ungaro, Ty Tessman, David Ronafolk, Jared Tebow, Ryan Mayfield, Elliot Boots, Ryan Cavallari, Spencer Rivkin. Robert Battle, Ryan Lutz, Joe Bornhorst, Cole Ogden, Adam Drake, Juan Carlos Canas, Dakota Fend, Martin Wolanka, Ricardo Breton, Jorn Neumann, Mike Truey, Renaud Savoia, Yao Figueroa, Marco Barofalo, Tanner Stees, Alex Zankatine, and Cody King. That's 25 on this list and oh, Cody's in there. All right, cool. Yeah, I think he's kind of holding on. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean that. That is a list. There's not going to be much turn marshaling. 
<laughs> Not like if I was there. And this Juan Carlos Canas, this kid is fast. Um, so it's and, almost like anybody. You know, it's up for grabs. Yeah, I don't think the win is really up for grabs. It's still between, I think, the these favorites. And that's why the long shot is so hard. Uh, actually, uh, the guy that wasn't even on this list was our long shot, um, Kyle McBride, because he, he doesn't run enough races to make this list. But, um, you know, I, I think that in order for a long shot to win, something has to happen to four of the favorites. Um, Angaro, Tessman, Ronald Fall. Those kind of guys have to have some issues. And it, who's our um, Who's our local Australians uh, at that race? It's, um, Kyle, McBride. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle McBride is is uh, is Australian. Oh, that's why he's okay. uh, Ben Panic racing. Yeah, he is. He'll be in there. He's been to this track before, so I'm. So, gotta see. You gotta watch those guys. I'm kind of predicting he might have one of his best finishes at a Worlds. Um, I don't know what that is, but um, I, I think that he's poised for having a little bit of a perhaps advantage and maybe having been there and take advantage of it and get a decent result. And a decent result at the Worlds is, you know, you can, it can go down pretty far because oh, you're man. at the Worlds, right? So if you could get in the top half, it's pretty damn good. Consider it a success. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck to our Australian friends and listeners of the show. Ben Panic, Kyle McBride. Yeah, there's there's some others. Uh, I just can't remember the name no. off the top of my head. I'm eating some chips and dip right now. Mm, really good. Come on. So, yeah. And by chassis, Kyosho has eight. This is as of uh, 2000. This is uh, 2014. So Kyosho 8, Mugen 3, HB Racing 2, Yankee 1, and Garbo 1. Yankee. <laughs> that must go way back, right? Yeah, I have no idea. And by, engine, by engines, OS has 5, RB3, Novorossi 2, can't pronounce you, 1, can't pronounce you, 1, can't pronounce you, 1, <laughs> Pico 1, and Team Orion 1. Yeah, Cody King wow. 1 with the Orion. That's that's pretty crazy to me there. Pico and Orion with one. Mm-hmm. You know what's kind of interesting to look at, for me anyway? If you go to... Uh, what is this under? Ifmar World Championships. What did uh, Ronafolk uh, win with in 2016, Engine? Actually, that was an Orion also. Orion should have two. Okay, so they have two then. Yeah. And then there's only one driver that has two world titles. That's that's interesting. Two A scale world titles. And um Mar- Marizio Manosi with two. 
and he won that in 1988 and 1994. Hmm. He raced in for Italy. He won in Italy in 1988, and then he won in 1994 in Austria. Hmm. And he was running... Um, Garbo in 88 and Kyosho chassis in 94. You know what's kind of funny that I bumped into one day was... Um, where'd it go? So you know what? That's pretty interesting, too, that there hasn't really been somebody real dominant. Well, that's I think that shows you the nature of, of eight-scale racing is that um, it's hard to finish. So it's hard to finish strong and be fast enough to win. So I think, yeah, it was pretty interesting. So uh, David Ronefalk has a chance to do something that hasn't been done since 1994. There you go. Uh, well, not exactly. He, he would be the first. He would be the first back-to-back winner. So that's never been done. I'm sorry. So that's pretty cool. He has a chance to do that. <laughs> that's cool. No no added pressure, Dave. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's something to work towards. There you go. Back-to-back world title. Okay. What are you looking up there? I was just looking up uh, before. What's kind of funny is <clears throat> there's a page somewhere on Wikipedia that says uh, car manufacturer titles oh. uh, in RC, and it's pretty funny because – we actually are on the list because, you know, our car won the Worlds. Absolutely. That was in uh, 2003. Five. Ryan Cavalieri. Mm-hmm. So it's like you go down the list of manufacturers that have won Worlds. Like, oh, there we are. What did you, you type in? RC car manufacturer? I, well, actually, I have right here is If World Championships Wikipedia Wiki. So go there and... But there's a different one somewhere. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I can't remember where I saw this, but yeah, it's it's there's some cool stuff on this Wikipedia page. Seventeen of the world's most poisonous snakes can be found in Australia. I can almost so, jump as far as Kirby. So, so, so look out for them. That Kirby's an athlete, man. Yes. What a bugger. Now, where are you going to be in Australia? South Australia? Perth. Yeah, I don't know where it's at. Okay. Me either. Yeah, this Perth, Perth is all the way on Western Australia on the on the water. So I think we fly Orlando to Dallas, Fort Worth, and then Dallas to Sydney, and then Sydney to Perth. Hmm. I'm sure it's freaking awesome. Well, I'd be able to uh, chat with you on the on the uh, while you're on the uh, plane there. Uh, I hope so. Hope we have internet. 
<clears throat> as long as I can keep my phone charged on the plane, have my headphones on, and, and to, have some uh, internet. You're going to be uh, listening to some 83 Weeks, uh, Bruce Pritchard's podcast, Something to Wrestling With. What else are you going to be listening to? Something to wrestle with. Check out uh, Dinner with the King, uh, Stone Cold's podcast. I, I, I was pretty up on the latest Bruce Pritchard, uh, that one that just came up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was playing the latest 83 weeks and I kind of got like sidetracked in and out of my office and the thing was playing so I didn't really hear that whole thing but um, I actually like Bruce Pritchard um, yeah. better than um, Bischoff but just in, I, could, I, I like the podcast a little bit better I think but they're both yeah. really good they are. Yeah. But Bischoff, he gets it. He's uh but I mean his run was really like pretty short in comparison to you know mm-hmm. the time period that we're in now. I mean the stuff they're talking about was twenty plus years ago. And you got guys you know, in the WWE, like Vince and all them, who still involved, and they've been just kicking ever since. Yep. Haven't missed a beat. Pretty impressive. All right, Jason. I think we, uh, I think we did a pretty good job previewing yeah. this world. Yeah, did. Covered a lot of stuff. Answered a lot of questions. Head on over to the Facebook page. And um, put your predictions there. And you can win a Jason Rona autographed eight-scale body. That's right. If you get the correct winner of the race, and then we'll throw everybody in a hat and pick a name from there, and that's who wins the body. So head on over there, make your prediction. What if Spencer Rivkin does? Mm-hmm. Was... And, uh, he's a Patriot fan, so that's a quite possibly rises to the occasion. Closer. The closer does it, gets it done. I can see he's that. He's got happening. a pretty good program. I Yeah. I'm telling you that's what you know, a lot of this is gonna come down to that. Spencer's watching some YouTube videos right now. Getting pumped. Yep. Watching some of the old eight scale worlds. I mean, you think at this point Spencer has probably won. He's won three of the most difficult races to win in the world. He's won the two-wheel buggy portion of the world. He's won the Roar Nationals in two-wheel buggy. And he's won the eight-scale Roar Nationals in buggy. So he's won three of the hardest races to win. It's possible. Well, best of luck over in Australia. All right. Give them hell. Who will? 